And welcome, everyone, once again to another edition of the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast. I'm your host, Coach Dave Baumgartner, and along shortly, I'm going to have our podcast, my podcast partner, Coach Ted Huber, a Hall of Famer in his own right on two counts, both at the state level and the national level. As the last show, we talked uh, uh, to a number of coaches about their experiences and uh, working with Ted and uh, just uh, talking about the impact that Ted has had on their lives and on all the lives that he touched as a football coach across the state of Indiana over the last 50 plus years. So we've got that uh, that we talked about. We got one other guest though that I didn't get into the original taping on and that is coach Brady Hoke, the head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. He of course got a chance to work with Ted at the Ball State uh, when they're at Ball State together. So we're going to talk to coach Hoke just in uh, a moment and he's going to give us some reflection about his experience in working with coach Ted Huber. And welcome back, everyone, to the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast. We're talking now to Brady Hoke, who's the head coach of the San Diego State uh, Aztecs. And, uh, Coach, we, we watch you here in Indiana, and we're always rooting for you there, and you're doing a great job uh, with the Aztecs out there. So we're proud of you. Well, well you know what? We're so happy to, to represent, you know, obviously San Diego State, but also, being a guy who got educated in Indiana and started coaching at Yorktown High School mm-hmm. and then had a great opportunity to, to be the head coach at, um, you know, my, my school and, and sure. one we're really proud of. And, um, you know, I uh, had a great staff, and that started with uh, Ted Huber. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Ted. That's when you ran into Ted when you became the head coach at Ball State. Is that accurate? Well, you know what? I probably had met Ted uh, when I was coaching at Yorktown in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, being a Ball State grad and him being a Ball State grad, we always, uh, you know, uh, had that connection. But when when I had the opportunity to keep Ted on the staff at Ball State, he just – he is such a great competitor. Mm -hmm. But he is so good for – for young men and uh, from the academic development and from his coaching and uh, how he, uh, uh, um, you know, did such a good job with his position group and in our football team. Yeah. And one thing that has always struck me and I worked with uh, Ted as his assistant at Warsaw high school there before he went to uh, ball state and uh, you know, his, his organizational skills and his caring yeah, about yeah. the kids it was just always yeah. uh, dynamite, uh, and uh, it always showed up in his coaching. And uh, the kids felt it, and uh, also the coaches felt it because he's he was the coach's coach. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question about it. And he, uh, you know, as a coach, um, you know, you could tell the 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 care that he had for his players, uh, and you could also, you know, the pride that he did that he had every day and, and you're right, his, his organization, uh, and, and which is good because that's what I needed is somebody <laughs> like him to keep me organized. But he, he was a confidant, uh, a guy that I absolutely, uh, would turn to, you know, uh, he's had a lot of experience. And so, uh, that, that was important. And being a, I couldn't have been, uh, couldn't have been, better for me to be in a first time head coach mm-hmm. having Ted on the staff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's something that he, um, I know he treasures that time at ball state there. Uh, when he left Warsaw, I of course was an assistant with him for seven years. And, uh, 
um, you know, I, uh, uh, I told him, I've told him on several occasions when he left, tears are rolling down my cheeks because I hated to see him leave, but yet I knew <laughs> yeah. he, he was doing what he, his passion was, and that was to get back at the, uh, to Ball State and get back into college coaching. So he's a tremendous yeah. man, absolutely, Coach. No question about it. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of kids out there who had him as a, uh, as a coach and as a mentor that, you know, I'm sure they thank every day that they had the opportunity to be with Ted. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we appreciate you spending some time. We know it's a very busy time and as you're gearing up for a new season. And we certainly uh, thank you for your time and wish you the best of luck as you head into uh, the 2023 season. Well, I appreciate that, and I, I want to congratulate Ted and on his on all of his honors. Mm, you bet. Well, I know he appreciates that, and Maureen too. Maureen's yep. always uh, on behind no him, doubt. helping out <laughs> in so There's many no ways. Question. So, well, you know, and she was so valuable. You know, uh, my wife being the first time uh, head coach mm-hmm. and counting on Maureen and lean on each other. Sure. Um, you know, we're both Ted and I both are very fortunate to have the wives that we have who um, have let us coach a lot of uh, different guys and a lot of sons. Yeah, absolutely. Well, coach, once again, thanks so much for spending some time with us again. Good luck to you. And uh, like I said, we're watching you here in Indiana and rooting for you. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. We'll be back with more right after this. Coaches, the 2023 season is here, and Big Cat Promotions knows that you're all gearing up for the season. Speaking of gear, Big Cat Promotion has hundreds of vendors that offer all kinds of football gear for this coming season. Travel bags, mouthpieces, towels, water bottles, practice jerseys, shorts and t-shirts, everything you need to keep your team geared up for this new season. So give me a call at 574-551-5916 and you can shop and compare. We also deal in thousands of products that can be used for fundraising projects. 574-551-5916 and good luck in the 2023 season and thanks for all that you do for our kids and our communities. And welcome back everyone once again to another edition of the Indiana Football Coaches Association's official podcast. And as we said in our opening, we're continuing and getting back with... uh, our legend series and we're talking to legendary coaches in the state of indiana in high school football and of course i got a legendary coach in my own right here that's uh, my podcast partner who last week as we all know was inducted into the national uh, football coaches high school football coaches hall of fame and of course as a hall of famer in the state of indiana also coach ted huber and i'm gonna let coach introduce the other legends that are on this podcast uh, this time around Okay, we're going to talk some football here tonight, uh, and I'm going to give you some numbers later on. It's, it's amazing, but uh, we got Joe Jinglebaugh, who uh, has been at North Posey, was there for 41 years as the head coach. Okay, uh, that's a long time, Joe, I'm telling you. It's incredible. Uh, we got Tim Roth uh, from Winnemac, and I got you in the mid-30s. Is that about right, Tim? 36, Ted, to be exact. 36, I thought that was right. Okay. We're trying to get Cypress on, but uh, Stripe is on with us. Rick Stripe is on with us, and he's convinced that uh, uh, Ron Colley is ignoring Cathedral. So uh, <laughs> we're going to see We're going to see if we can get uh, Bruce on here. But anyway, we've got uh, – it, it's interesting. You know, uh, I think it's interesting that we've got two – uh, public schools 
where the guy has been in the community for 36 and 41 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is amazing in itself. Okay. And, uh, you know, I could go down the list of accolades for Roth about what he's done in the community. And it's even, you know, I mean, I, he's in charge of the 4-H horse show or something. I don't, you know, something <laughs> like that, isn't it? Uh, and of course, Joe is down there in the uh, west of Evansville, and that's a long ways from anywhere. And uh, he's been down there for 41 years, and he's a public school guy. And, uh, you know, I just think it's interesting that you two guys are kind of parallel here. Uh, as far as your your background. So, uh, Joe, how did you get to Poseyville and uh, from Tell City? Because you grew up in Tell City, right? Right. Played for Coach Talley at Tell City. And then I went to the University of Evansville. And after I graduated University of Evansville, the big thing I was looking for was a job. And uh, I finally found one, and it happened to be at here at North Posey, and it couldn't have been a better place to be. They, the people, the community, the kids work hard. They've got a great work ethic, and they still do. And uh, it's it, it was a great place to raise my family and, and to be. All right. And since you were have been there, you've been the president of the IFCA. Uh, okay, coaches, we've got, our other, uh, you, we've got our other coach with us now, Coach Cypress. Coach Cypress with us. Are you with us? <laughs> You betcha. And right. hey, I apologize like crazy. I, I, I got caught in traffic and, and didn't have my phone with me and, and uh, scrambling around, so I apologize. You're in good shape, okay. Coach. We're going to jump you right in here in a minute, okay? And, you betcha. Uh, and Joe uh, was on the rating board for about 30 years on the ethics committee. Joe's an ethics kind of guy. Um, I always admired people that are ethics kind of guys, so... Um, you know, that, that's where Joe comes from and to have played for coach Tally, uh, is amazing to me. Okay. Because I, every week, uh, I quote coach Tally. I choose to be with football people. I said that and I, I just, it's amazing to me. Okay. So Tim Roth. All right. Tim Roth. Um, what did you go to high school anyway, Ross? Uh, believe it or not, I went right here in Winnemac. Uh, graduated. Oh, never in, left. Never uh, left. Right. Yeah. <laughs> graduated in 1972 and then went to uh, Indiana State. Thought I was going to play football there, and that didn't work out. Uh, graduated from there in 76. Um, believe it or not, Ted, you're an old Bremen boy, and my first job uh, was to go to Bremen and be an assistant football coach and the head girls basketball coach and teach mathematics. And about a week before I was to take that job, um, they called the school here in town called and said they had a math opening. Would I please take that math job? And there'd be some coaching, but they didn't tell me what. So (laughs) I turned Bremen down. Uh, Probably the dumbest thing I ever did. And I stayed right here in Winnemac, and uh, I don't regret it. Though we've had we had a great run, and um, got to work with some fantastic kids and uh, some great coaches. So, uh, but you're right. I only left for four years, and 
I've been stuck here ever since. <laughs> yeah, well, I got a brother that uh, left Bremen for four years and has not left since too. So, um, you know, it <laughs> makes sense bad. to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Okay, all right. Um, welcome, Bruce Cyprus, to the tele to the podcast. And thank uh, you. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, getting through traffic and. Um, you know, you're a, a Plainfield guy, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, you betcha. Grew up in Plainfield, went to Butler, and was a great athlete at Butler. And um, just like uh, your buddy Stripe there went to Butler, right? Uh, he did. And uh, that gone him, he's uh, he's a younger guy than I am. <laughs> so he was... Uh, uh, coming in kind of right as I was leaving, uh, actually, I was uh, a GA there uh, the first year after I graduated, and that was about the time that, that Rick was coming in. But, uh, yeah, uh, go, go dogs. Exactly. Okay. All right, so uh, you, uh, Monrovia, right, Rick? Yep. Monrovia. Yes, sir. Yep. Wayne Staley. Okay, Wayne Staley. Oh, there's another. There's, an, there's, a, there's a name for you. There's a name for you. <laughs> Yeah, Wayne Staley. Okay, so anyway, we got two Butler guys, and we got two parochial school guys, and we got two public league guys, and it, this is fantastic. Uh, you know, like I said, we could go down the list of accolades that uh, you know that Bruce and uh, Rick had accumulated at Butler and in the community. I know that uh, Bruce has uh, been an author. You want to talk a little bit about that, Bruce? Uh, sure. Yeah. I've, uh, actually I've, I've written three books. Um, and my, my high school English teacher, uh, probably would, would, uh, roll over in her grave, uh, <laughs> to, to, to know that now, but, um, I, it's, it's been fun. I, uh, uh you know, writing is, uh, something I, I enjoy doing. I, I wouldn't say I'm a great writer, but I, I feel like any writer who has uh, great material to work with, uh, can be uh, a pretty decent writer. So, uh, yeah, I've authored three books. All three of them have, have dealt with, um, well, I guess, uh, leadership and, and, you know, manhood today in today's world. Um, most of it has uh, some tie-in with, with faith, the element of faith, and, and just how to be a positive uh, leader to, to, to others, especially uh, young folks. So, yeah, there's kind of a tie-in with, um, athletics for sure, very heavy, heavy tie in. Um, and, um, but, but kind of an emphasis that really we're, we're all leaders, really leadership in its simplest form is, uh, uh example, uh, you know, leading, uh, by example to what we do and say and how we conduct ourselves each day. So really all three of those books, yeah, kind of tie in with that concept and it's been fun. That's great. Okay. The, uh, how'd you get started in coaching? Bruce? Um, uh, I would say at Butler, my first semester there, I, I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. And, uh, my accounting class, uh, convinced me that I did not want to get into business administration. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't a big fan of uh, accounting or, you know, I always really did enjoy, you know, kind of reading and writing and, and, uh, uh history. Uh, I always really enjoyed that. I just, you know, business administration kind of always sounded good be honest with you. But, uh, after that first semester uh, accounting class, I thought, I, I think I want to be pursuing something else. <laughs> had, uh, 
uh, history professor there, uh, George Geib, who was an yeah. amazing teacher. And uh, yeah. I, I, I bet Rick probably took him for some classes, too. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, I just thought, gosh, I, you know, I love the way he teaches and, and uh, I like history anyway. And really, it's about halfway through my freshman year. I thought I, I need to uh, look into uh, changing majors. And I always wanted to coach, too. You know, coaches, and really, this has been such a theme in my adult life. Um, uh, coaches have such a powerful platform to, to influence and change lives in a powerful way. And, uh, you know, God bless all of us <laughs> on the phone call and, and the other podcasts you've done. Uh, I, I have zero doubt that, that uh, just about everybody uh, had somewhere along the line a coach or maybe coaches who changed their life, you know, who touched lives in a positive way and, and led them to uh, become better men. And uh, because of that, uh, they chose to get into to coaching and especially the guys that do it for a long time. You know, just uh, there's a belief, I think, in all of us that we're doing something worthwhile. We're making a difference. And, and uh, that's what keeps us in coaching. You know, it's, it's not the money, for heaven's sake. We could all, <laughs> all of us on the call and anybody you've ever interviewed, I'm sure, could, could have made a lot more money doing something else. But yeah, it's just kind of a sense of um, omission, I guess, that we feel that, that we uh, have a chance to, to change young lives. So, uh, yeah, I've never looked back uh, from that <laughs> freshman accounting class and uh, so happy that you know I got into education and, and I was uh, uh, taught social studies for many years. My last few years, I was blessed to have a great schedule of, of teaching the weight training classes in the morning. I was assistant dean of students in the afternoon and it was a great schedule for a head football coach. Sure. Okay, Rick, how'd you get started in all this? Well, I, I here's I'll just tell you, here was my high school coaching staff. So I had Wayne Staley was the head coach. Mike Gillen was an assistant coach. Jim Kaiser was another assistant coach. Uh, and so I had those guys as, as Bruce said, as influences in my life early on. Uh, I'd like to think Jim Kaiser balanced out Mike and Wayne on uh, some of the, uh, well, well, we'll leave that for another podcast, but, yeah. uh, but just, I, I had guys like that at age 16. I, I decided I wanted to teach and coach. I, I thought I'm going to play football for as long as I can, which I wasn't very good, but I played for as long as I can. Ended up at Butler and played for coach Sylvester and, Bill Lynch was there, and Bob Bartlemeo was there, and a guy named Bob Brock was there at the same time, Kenny LaRose, uh, Don Benbo. I mean, you go down through the list of guys that were a butler that <clears throat> Bruce played for, too, that you just go, actually, you probably played with a few of those guys, too, now I think about it, but uh, they were just fabulous role models, and I thought, God, I want to be like those guys, and tried to emulate and listen and learn to everything that they did and uh, just be like a huge sponge every day of practice. I, I'd listen into what the defensive guys were doing too, just thinking I, I, I'm going to need to know this at some point. So I'm listening to what they were teaching and, um, and just uh, was able to spend a year as a grad assistant at, at Butler underneath coach Sylvester and then uh, worked with Chuck Schwanekamp at Chittard for a couple of years. And, uh, just kind of everything kind of took off from there. Um, just was surrounded by really, really good people. And uh, if you look at 
folks that were at Butler at that time with Coach Sylvester, including Bruce, there's so many really good high school football coaches and mentors. They came out of Butler at that time. And uh, just I really just proud to, to be a part of that uh, alumni base. Well, you're right. You know, we, we were going to do this, and uh, somewhere along the line, I think we're going to do it. Uh, who is connected with Big Bill Sylvester? Oh, it's, uh, as it's far as uh, you know, coaches were concerned, and it's unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, uh, Hayes started this, and uh, Mark started this, and uh, he gave me a list, and I added to it, and uh, it's it's endless. Yeah, uh, it, and, it's amazing. Uh, it's, yeah, it really is. Now let's look at let's look at these two public school guys here. Um, for instance. They got three, uh, let's see. They got 360 wins. You know, we've got, we got four programs that are top-notch programs in the state of Indiana. North Posey, for instance, has won 360 games in their, in their lifetime. Okay. Uh, 1970 to, uh, to 2012, 41 years, uh, Joe coached there. Okay, now you look at Tim. All right, you look at Tim. They've got 334 wins, win them at 81, 1981-16, 36 years. Okay, so if you add those, uh, add those totals up, uh, it's, I think, 499 wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, and if you look at, and if you look at the, uh, uh, Catholic side of things, all right, we've got 457 wins at Ron Colley. That seems like a lot. Mm, yeah. And then all at once, Cathedral jumps out with 778. Mm. Wow. All right, wow. 778 wins in, in, uh, in their history. And so the, the bottom line is I think there's like 1,600-some wins with these four programs. Mm. Uh, in in this and uh, that that to me is amazing. It really is, and um, it it tells you about you know you, you want to look like for instance um, the two public schools fought like crazy, fought like crazy, like crazy, and weren't able to win a state championship. All right, and so now you've got Ron Colley and Cathedral. And if my numbers are correct, there's like 16 state championships among them. Okay, how many? Uh, how many states did you win, Bruce? Uh, seven. And seven. We, we, I we, so. How about yeah, you, Rick? Ten. Ten. Okay. Well, I was off one. Okay, <laughs> I, had, I cheated you in one. Okay. <laughs> so the bottom line is, you got 17 state championships. Amazing. Okay. Um, Rick, you took a four-year hiatus from Cathedral and went to North Central uh, back in, what, 2002, I think, for four years, okay? And then you get back at uh, uh, Cathedral and uh, win win some more state championships, okay? So tell us, what's the difference? Uh, You know, uh, the parochial school, 
versus public school. Rick, you've been both places. Uh, what's the difference? I, I, first of all, kids are kids. Um, and big public school like North Central, we have, we have some fabulous kids. And I, quite frankly, when I was at North Central, it was the same time that Warren was doing its mm-hmm. oh my gosh thing on the east side of town. And we couldn't get past those guys to save our neck. And they, that was just Kevin Wright had such a fabulous group of players all going at the same time. But the first thing that the commonality is that kids are kids. They want to win. They want to play hard. They want to be coached. Um, so, so there's a commonality there. I, I think one of the things that maybe is a difference is that we have some great parental support. Um, we had uh, an administration at, at Cathedral, and not that North Central didn't want to win, but but they, it was it was kind of ingrained. Joe Deslin, you talked about all the wins before. Joe Deslin set a stage, and then Mike Beginley took that stage over, and they created an, a culture that uh, just the there was an expectation. You come to Cathedral, you do this X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You're going to be you're going to be able to compete, but it still boils down to you taking care of your business, and there's just a there's a culture there that um, it's it's a little bit plug and play. I I don't know. I think Bruce would probably agree. Ron Colley has that culture as well, where whether you, know, you go through the list of coaches that they've had that have been successful, that there, there's just a culture. There's a there's an expectation when you show up at that place you're going to be successful. And, and the reality is of it, in order to win a state championship, you have to be incredibly lucky and have the ball bounce your way. Uh, I, I think we can all look back at games that we've, we've won and lost where we probably shouldn't have won it. We probably shouldn't have lost it. And you just have to be lucky. But I think, I think one of the biggest thing is, is that there's just a culture at, uh, at least at Cathedral, that expects to win, and I think if you, as athletic director, now it looks over, it looks like that in our other sports as well. There's just the concept of excellence that uh, is created in the culture of the school. Well, I think I think also, coach, and this is coming from a guy that taught for 40 years in just you know public schools, and uh, it's not a criticism at all, but it, it, there's a deep. Uh, clear down into the youth groups and stuff that play ball that want to, you got kids that want to, that's where they want to go and play. I mean, I, maybe that's not accurate, but I think that you've got that and the public schools need to create that and can create that with their youth leagues and stuff like that. But I think that that has a, a big impact on any program, regardless of whether it's parochial or public. Well, and I think if you, I mean, if you go through the rosters at Ron Colling Cathedral, you're going to see some names, last names that continue to pop up yeah. and to your point that they just, they keep coming back sure. and it's next generation, next generation. And, and why not? Why wouldn't you? I mean, and it, it, it is, we're, we're fortunate enough that it's built that. And if people mm-hmm. can have the, have the means to make it work, sure. uh, it, it's, it, it has a chance to, to be a special place. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a great family atmosphere and, I know Ron Colley's exactly the same way, and I, mm-hmm. I'm sure Tim and Joe at their places, they built that culture as oh, well yeah. as 
that that family culture, and that's kind of what football's all about. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, yeah, we get kids that can play down the road, but that's not really we're we're helping these people go from teenage boys to men, mm-hmm. or as close to men as we can do it. Absolutely. And we really don't know whether we've done a good job until ten years after they graduate, yeah. and then we know if that team's really good. Mm-hmm. Depending on what those those people, those young men, we've we've tried to produce what they do in their life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Bruce, you got anything to add to this? Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Rick hit, hit a lot of really, uh, great concepts uh, on the head. It, it's, um, obviously, uh, is, as much credit as, is the egotistical side might, might, uh, give us as coaches. We, we like to think that maybe <laughs> we are a significant, you know, a major part of victories, but, but I think we would all agree that, uh, regardless of how smart or crafty uh, we are, we, you got to have great players from great families. You know, we've we talked about great administrations. Rick talked about that. Uh, have to have all those elements uh, as well. But but at the end of the day, you, you got to have some great players oh, yeah. who who are going to win those close games for you. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would say if, if one of the things I would add, maybe a little bit to what Rick mentioned is. Um, they say it is, is, is coaches chat two things you, you should, should, uh, kind of avoid one is, is politics and, and one is, is religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to break that code here for just a second <laughs> by, by, by saying, you know, there, there's a definite advantage, I think, uh, for the schools who have the ability to implement faith based football. Mm-hmm. And, and here, here's my explanation for that. Um, in, in my mind, it just it gives kids one more reason to play hard. Sure. And, and if you think about it, you know, kids kids play for all kinds of reasons. They'll, every kid will play to make their parents proud, their families proud. Uh, you know, their coaches, their teammates are going to play for sure. uh, everybody. Uh, you know, to, to get their name on the announcement yeah. <laughs> in school, the newspaper, the pretty girl up in the stands. But but when when, when you add the ability. Uh, the parochial schools have to, to implement kind of a faith, uh, you know, a, a sense of duty and obligation, you know, to, to make the most of your God-given talents. I've always said that's just yeah. kind of one more real significant reason, mm-hmm. advantage, I've called that the unfair advantage that uh, parochial schools have. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the favorite things, questions I would ask the kids would be, uh, who do you play for? Uh, you know, who, who do you, you know, you, you individually, who do you play for? And, you know, the, the kids initially might be, well, I, you know, I play for myself because I love the game or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I play for, you know, the, the lions or whatever the yeah. <laughs> mascot of your school is. But, you know, as you dig down into it, you know, yeah, they're going to play for their parents or families, their community. Uh, but, but again, when, when you put in that element of I'm playing for a higher purpose too, right. that's, I Man, I just believe that's when you put all that together in the mixing pot. That's that's when the magic happens. You know, that's when kids will run through a brick, a brick wall for you, and, and just great things happen. That's good. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you know I think uh, I think these two public school guys that are on this podcast with us probably have come as close to anybody uh, in their lifetime of creating uh, what. Uh, Bruce and Rick just talked yeah, about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I really do. And, and, you know, like they've been in their community for 35, 40 years and have, and have been, you know, really strong people there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at, you look at what uh, Bruce and, and Rick are, uh, you know, Rick's the athletic director now at Cathedral. Okay. And that, that's pretty good. 
You know, mm-hmm. uh, you got the guy that won 10 state championships as a football coach is your AD, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's important, okay? And and uh, Bruce, what do you do now that uh, that you're not coaching? Well, I, uh, you know, retired from teaching coaching six years ago, and I I actually became uh, the executive director of the Catholic Youth Organization, Mm -hmm. the CYO, Mm -hmm. for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. So that that covers all of central Indiana and all of southern Indiana, with the exception of a pocket area around the Diocese of Evansville. And and each year we serve... Right at 20,000 kids, Uh, we we have about 6,000 adult volunteers. And, and, you know, why they would choose a a dum-dum like me to to head up that that organization. But, you know, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head as you talked about feeder programs uh, earlier. And, uh, you know, gosh, the the CYO, uh, as you said, there's, you know, kids that that they, they start knocking a snot out of each other in his third graders and they, you know, they create such a sense of identity and, and, uh, there, there's such a, a, a pride in all that and in all of the, again, the, the numbers and so forth, uh, when, when kids come up, but, uh, and you know, I, when you guys were chatting with, I think with Rick, uh, about the, the feeder system, the grade school system, uh, you know, you can see that evidenced in, in, uh, some of the, the public schools that have done a phenomenal sure. job, you know, Eric Moore at center Grove oh, is yeah. known to have one of the best, you know, little league, uh, programs in the state. Mm-hmm. And, and he's accomplished, uh, some amazing things with, with, with that. And, and really for, that's another unfair advantage, I guess, if you want to call it that, I think that, uh, Catholic schools have is, is that's really kind of already in place. Yeah. It was put in place long before I began, mm-hmm. Uh, working with CYO and, and with that group, it, it, it is an advantage to, to have kids that uh, very early age, as, as Rick said, that are following in grandpa and dad's and uncle's footsteps, and, and um, sure. they, they, they grow up loving it. They grow up loving to tackle each other, and yeah. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it, it's uh, it starts very young. Well, I, th- I so, think- yeah, I, 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 I'll throw this out there. I'm, I'm working for CYO for one more month. I'm retiring here at oh, the wow. end of August. So <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's, that's a great, yeah, great thing. It's amazing that you're, you're still hanging in there and, and doing the good work. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I think all four of you guys are, you know, just at the top of your, at the top of the list because of what you've done, uh, after football. Well, I think it's just, uh, amazing. Yeah. Today. Well, I think with Joe and uh, Tim too, those programs. When you're in a community that long, you you've done something correct, and that something, at least part of that formula, I believe, is that you get your younger kids involved. Clear down into elementary, junior high, they're doing stuff. I know I work with Bart Curtis all the time here in Warsaw. We're constantly rec- down there recruiting, talking to the elementary kids, giving them these things, giving them free passes, doing, a- and also having camps for them and things like that. That's that's just so important to build a program. And I know that, uh, you know, and the, for the uh, public schools, um, many of the successful coaches do it that way. No question. Eric Morrow is a, an example of that too. Well, so. yeah, Eric got you know probably the best youth program, uh, the best program, if you will, in, in the state of Indiana. That's probably why he's won three state championships yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah. You know? That helps. Um, I, you know, I would say this. I would say this. You, you don't stay 41 years and 36 years in the same community by doing a bad job. You're right. Exactly. I mean, you're, you, you, 
you you created a sense of something important where you've coached kids, grand you've coached yeah. fathers, probably grandsons sure. in the process and it's you don't stay in those in those kind of communities that long right. without doing right by people. Yeah. And I I'm and I know I don't know Tim real well, but I know Joe and I know that's just the nature of what he what he is and, sure. and I'm sure they're right in the same boat. They you don't stay that long in those communities without doing the right thing mm-hmm. and building the right culture. Yeah. Well, Joe and Tim, you know, I, I also was looking at, you know, the two public school guys uh, were in conferences and uh, I know that Ron Colley's in the circle city, but it's a small one and cathedrals and independent. Okay. And um, I just think it's interesting that, uh, you look at North Posey, I think, uh, Joe, I think in your 41 years, you won six or seven conference championships. Well, there's a couple of schools, uh, one especially in that, and this is for you, Dave, the pack, the pocket <laughs> athletic conference yeah, yeah. down south um, called Heritage Hills. Mm-hmm. Right, Joe? Um, do you... Can you? You can't honestly say you hate Bob Clayton, but I would. I would guess that uh, you know that uh, through the years that Heritage Hills has put the hammer down on a lot of people in that conference. Bob's a great guy. I, I've, in fact, we're we're pretty good friends. That mm-hmm. uh, I tell you what, you talk about some athletes up there, especially in the uh, early two thousands up to probably about two thousand fifteen. You're looking at guys like Cutler, Goldsberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at guys like Dilger. You know, five of those guys uh, uh, this past fall were in- inducted into the Indiana Football Hall of Fame as mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And and uh, th- they've had a, a tremendous number of great players. And it's a community very similar to many of them in our, in our area. Mm-hmm. They're local. Uh, names keep coming back up. The biggest thing I can, from listening, that I can see that changes, and maybe Tim will agree with this, is I think the number of kids we get per class per per year uh, vacillates so much. Uh, There are years when we've got a ton of boys in a class, and there's years when the classes are smaller. So sometimes your period isn't quite as big as what you'd like for it to be. Right. But again, is it safe to say in both you guys' cases uh, that uh, you've got the, the public schools that you reach down into your junior highs and your even your elementary? I mean, are you guys constantly working or were, were working that when you were in the thick of it all? Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got a pretty good, I think, youth program now, and we had one for several, probably 25 or 30 years. Uh-huh, sure. And uh, the, thing that, the thing that I think was amazing at our school, 19, I think it was 1960 or 61, was the first time that football had been played in North Posey since oh. World War II. Oh, wow. And a gentleman by the name of Byron Brenton came in and melted five little towns together that hadn't played, a lot of them hadn't played, and he was there about 11 years and uh, at, in, in that length of time, he had, had a conference championship and a winning record. Oh. And I, I think that is unbelievable for a person to be able to come in 
and do that. And I was lucky enough to follow him or unlucky, however some might think, and be able to have the background to carry, uh, you know, the community, he had set a, a culture and a tone yeah. to where that we, you know, you had a chance to go ahead and, and do some things. The people mm-hmm. in our community are football people. They are very, uh, uh, very much uh, involved with our kids. And, and I, and I've always told our coaches, kids don't care what you know, as long as they know you care. Right. And, and I think that, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the time you spend with them, like Rick said, and Bruce said that you, you just have an opportunity to do some things to help them grow up and become better people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to read some, uh, uh, I want to read about the past conference here. Uh, this is interesting, I think. Um, this is back uh, 1970 to 2010. All right, here are the members. Candleton, Dale, Fort Branch, Huntingburg, Jasper, North Posey, Owensburg, Petersburg, Tecumseh, and Wood Memorial. Now, how's that for the history of the South in the in the PAC conference down there, Joe? Isn't that in that something? Yes, and many of those schools now, of course, have consolidated, right. and and they've carried on a very strong tradition. Also, Dale went in with Chrisley to become Heritage Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it was uh, Richland and Rockport went together to form South Spencer, and then uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, others that are in there. Southridge, Huntingburg became Southridge, consolidated with Holland. <laughs> and so they have, they've brought a lot of, uh, you know, uh, the consolidations have changed a little bit, the uh, characteristics of the of the conference also. Mm-hmm. Coach, Coach Roth, is that no. – I was just going Go to ask, ask Coach Roth about – has Winamax always been Winamax, or was that part of a consolidation or not? I don't know. Uh, well, we consolidated in 19, the fall of 1968. Oh, okay. um, Plasky, Plasky, or you out-of-county people call it Pulaski <laughs> County, um, only has only has two high schools. Okay. Um, they've consolidated all the little communities, and on the west side of the county, Francisville, Madaryville right. went into form West Central, mm-hmm. who is our big rival. Sure. And on the east side of the county, it was the little town of Pulaski, Star City and Winnemac. Um, and the deal was the first round of consolidations, Pulaski went in with Star City to form their high school. Mm-hmm. They went from the Star City Stars to the Star City Warriors. Ooh, okay. Then in the second round of consolidation in the late 60s, uh, they, Winnemac absorbed Star City. Okay. And because of, being uh, basically a poor farming community at the time, mm-hmm. um, it was okay. We're not going to make all kinds of name changes and create different names on the buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go with Winnemac Community, not Winnemac High School, but mm-hmm. Winnemac Community, and we're going to keep Star City's nickname, the Warriors. Right. So that's how we became the Winnemac Warriors okay. from '68 on, and um, it's. You know, a couple comments about what guys have said. Right. Tradition was a big thing, and when I came 
uh, became the head coach. I served four years as an assistant. And then when I became the head coach, uh, I felt like, you know, something had to change. And uh, it's just what these guys were all talking about. You got to get your younger people involved. You got to set up a culture. You got to, you know, make yourself available for more than just football. I mean, I can remember uh, my wife staying home with uh, babies and I went to junior high basketball games or a junior high wrestling meet Mm -hmm. or, you know, just activities so people could see, well, the head football coach is here. What's Mm -hmm. he doing here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to get out and sell yourself like that. And then before you know it, the, the switch is flipped and, you know, people are not noticing you, uh, but coming up to you and saying things like, I'm glad to see you're here. What are you doing here? Are you looking Mm -hmm. at uh, this or that or whatever? Mm -hmm. And before you know it, that kid that never played football, all of a sudden becomes a football player. Mm -hmm. And down the road, by the time you get that kid into high school, guess what? He's probably your star player. And if you didn't get out there and do those kind of things, that kid would have never, he would have never shown up because, like I said, when I took over, Winnemac was known as a basketball school. Football didn't, football didn't start here. Our first varsity season was uh, 1970. Uh, which I was a junior in high school at that time. So, mm-hmm. um, but basketball was king. And when I was lucky enough to get the head coaching job, I went right to the basketball coach and said, Hey, I would love to share your athletes and make them football players too. Mm-hmm. I promise I'll try not to hurt them. Right. Uh, but in schools our size, you got to share athletes. Sure. And, you know, in schools our size, the basketball players usually were the best athletes mm-hmm. back at that time. Sure. And they became your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, your mm-hmm. defensive backs, and so on. And, um, you know, when you, when you get out and sell yourself and then sell your program, and then sell, the most important thing is selling your assistant coaches right. and getting them on board to do the things that you want them to do mm-hmm. uh, and involved with the kids and the younger kids at camps and uh, those kind of things. Before you know it, those kids, like, I can't remember which coach it was. Uh, maybe it was Rick that said, they'll, they'll run through brick walls for you, right. uh, or at least try to. Mm-hmm. And um, by selling that. And, and the other thing, the other comment I'd like to make when you talked about the, the parochial schools having an advantage with, you know, the kids playing for a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. I know this was probably against the rules, but in my 36 years as a head coach, we knelt down in the locker room and we said a prayer before the game. And a lot of times we played after the game and we pray for wins. We played that both teams played that both teams stayed healthy and that our fan bases, both home and on the road had safe travels and, you know, play for bigger and better things other than win. And um, so it can be done. uh, But again, you got to have communities that will support that and not be offended. And, and I don't think we really ever offended anybody with, with our prayers or anything like that, but, Mm. uh, it's, well, I mean, they hit the nail on the head when you say you're playing for a a greater purpose than just yourself or whatever. Well, and over, I always kind of laugh when people, uh, mention the fact to me, well, you, you know, you're a public school teacher. You guys can't pray before I was a head wrestling coach. I was assistant uh, um, football coach for 40-some years around here, and we always prayed. 
We offered, yeah. we didn't demand it. We just said, if you'd like to join us, join us. I mean, so I have always thought that's kind of an urban myth. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some places where they we adhere to that strictly, but uh, by and large, sure. I've always found that people are more than willing to say, as long as you give the kids the option, you can do that. You yep. know, so. And you know, Dave, in my 36 years as a head coach, I never had a kid walk out of uh, our locker room uh, to avoid the prayer. Yeah, nor, nor have I. I agree. Neither have I. Yeah. But I know if I had kids that stood up and didn't necessarily participate, but they sure didn't walk out. So no, it was few and, and far Dave, between. Dave, I'd, I'd like to, to throw in there too. I, uh, and Rick knows this. We, we had some wars <laughs> against no, each sure. other. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> a thing that I did, it, it did, didn't matter if, if it was a public school opponent or a, a parochial school opponent, uh, I would always in the pregame, pleasantries you know you walk across the field and shake hands and, sure. and exchange some nice words about each other and their teams and, and i would always uh, regardless of who we were playing uh, ex- at least extend the invitation you know hey after the, the game uh we would like to invite you to you know you and your kids if you feel it's appropriate uh for your community to come together in the middle of the field sure. and blend the kids together mix them together so it's not you guys over there us over here but mix them together put your you know, hand on each other's shoulder pad and We'd be honored if, if you join us sure. uh, in prayer. And, and I, in, in all my years of coaching there, uh, I, I only had one or two, uh, and I respected them. You know, they sure. just said, well, coach, you know, we, we, I don't know that our administration would support that. Yeah. But, I mean, 99% of the teams, public school or private, yeah. uh, joined us. And, and I always just felt that was the perfect way to draw the evening to a close. They sure. just spent two and a half hours pounding the living daylights out of each other. Right. And suddenly, you know, you, you put life back into perspective. Yeah. And I always just believed in that. And, and again, I, to, to the point that's being made, I, I think kids, most kids want that, you know, and, sure. and, and uh, oh, coaches yeah. appreciate uh, the ability. And, and I think most families mm-hmm. uh, still want that. And, and so, yeah, I, I just believe in that. And, and uh, you know, uh, Tim, uh, you know, good for you that, that you were able to do that every year in, in your administration. Mm. You know, I don't know how we could improve on this. Uh, you know, we've got four quality coaches, four quality programs. Uh, the discussion tonight has been, you know, what can you say? I mean, it, it's that's yeah, good stuff. If this this is Indiana high school football, mm-hmm. no question about it. And I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you taking your time and you taking all the the time that you did all your whole life and uh, working with the youth. So thank you very much. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Appreciate it, coaches. Uh, thank you, Ted. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. You bet. Ted, uh, and Ted, thank you and, and the generation that you're in that showed the way for my generation. I, I mean, I was a rookie uh, when we were on the All-Star uh, staff together and you and uh, Elmer and uh, Andy Johns, a few other guys, uh, were a little older than I am. You, you don't know how invaluable, uh, the time that I spent with you, just a little bit older guys mm-hmm. and the influence that you had on my generation of coaches and seeing the good in, in all that football can give, uh, with something other than just wins and losses. So, um, I mean, I, I commend you for the job that you've done along with, you know, a lot of the IFCA forefathers and Dave Land. And, well, I appreciate uh, that. And, 
you know, I go along with Joe, with uh, Joe's coach, Joe Kelly. I choose to be with football people. Absolutely. No question about it. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. We're a unique breed, aren't we? There's no question about it. It's, it's an honor to be. I, you know, I, Tim, I, I would say the same thing because I spent a week with Joe Jingleball working with the uh, with the All-Stars. And, uh, again, older generation, but the, the commonality. Uh, I, I, I might pick up where, where he left off. I yeah. think he was, was just kind of following what Tim said, and I really appreciated Tim's words there. And Sure. Uh, uh, Ted, you know, I, I think he was uh, addressing – uh, all the wonderful work you guys have done, uh, and David, you know, the work that you guys are presently doing, you know, with the podcast, what a, a, a listen in, uh, uh, and what an unbelievable job you're doing to help, uh, uh make Indiana football even better. I think we're all a little bit biased that it's <laughs> yeah. pretty awesome stuff and, yeah. and we're all blessed to be a part of it. But, Absolutely. uh, yeah, I think, uh, Rick was just, uh, not to take words out of his mouth, but I think he was just reiterating what Tim had mentioned, that all the good work that, uh, you know, your generation did to get uh, our generation motivated and, and teaching us kind of the right way, just the right way to work with kids and, and make a difference in lives. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we've done the same for the generations that are following us. You bet. Part yeah, of the process. Yeah. Well, you know, we had Hub Etchison, we had John Friend, we had Bob Springer, uh, we had Jules Siegel, uh, we had Joe Talley. Uh, and there's uh, Tom Sells. I mean, you know, this all started in 1970, and so now we have this thing called the Indiana Football Coaches Association, and uh, it sky's the limit yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no question about it. And, you, yeah. you know, Ted, Ted, the thing I like about our organization, though, is that it doesn't matter if you're the smallest single-A school or the largest 6A school. Our association takes that all into consideration and tries to do what's best for the majority of the schools. Right. right. They don't just yeah. they don't just favor the six A because that's where all the ticket sales are. Right. Uh, they treat the one A guys just like they do the six A guys. Sure. Uh, and um, which makes you know makes everybody feel like they've got a voice. And some years of being involved in the association. Coach, you know, at first I was I was afraid to speak up, but that didn't take long because yeah. when you made a legitimate comment, you were appreciated. Now, if you yeah. made a stupid mistake, somebody's going to laugh. Well, we better wrap it up. Nobody did that. Ahead. Well, um, if there's no other thoughts, guy, if I, it's just always a pleasure for me to sit around and listen to you guys. And Dave Land has always talked about that. If you walk around at our clinic, that's uh, in Indianapolis, and uh, March and you see the different coaches in the rooms together talking with each other, different conferences talking, conferences talking to each other. I mean, that's really a, a unique brotherhood, and I'm always so proud and honored and humbled to be uh, counted amongst that. And I know we're all feel we all feel that way about uh, the organization and what they do. So we appreciate everything you guys have done. It's incredible. We love to be with football people. Absolutely. Yes, and that's true. Very true. Absolutely. He uh, he was. He was one of a kind, and I tell you, he uh, he lived it, breathed it, and and helped as many people as he could. Yeah. Yep. No question. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks really a lot, do. guys. Thank you, Thank Thank you. you Ted. You guys all have a good one. You too. Yep. Take care. You too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. And we'll be back to wrap it up right after this. 
Coaches, the 2023 season is here, and Big Cat Promotions knows that you're all gearing up for the season. Speaking of gear, Big Cat Promotion has hundreds of vendors that offer all kinds of football gear for this coming season. Travel bags, mouthpieces, towels, water bottles, practice jerseys, shorts and t-shirts, everything you need to keep your team geared up for this new season. So give me a call at 574-551-5916 and you can shop and compare. We also deal in thousands of products that can be used for fundraising projects. 574-551-5916 and good luck in the 2023 season and thanks for all that you do for our kids and our communities. And welcome back, everyone, once again, uh, as we come to the end of another podcast and uh, another one of our Legends podcasts. And, uh, Coach, I, I tell you what, I just get goosebumps when I'm talking to these guys and you and getting everyone involved and uh, telling about their programs and how they came into coaching and some of the things that took place. It's just always an honor uh, to be uh, able to listen to that and uh, to record these guys and, and hear their thoughts. Well, you know, it's they're legends because of the wins, but they're also legends because of the kind of people that they are. And, oh, yeah. uh, when you listen to them talk and, and what they believe in and, and the way they live their life, right. um, you know, it's, it's top notch. There right. any question about yeah. it. And the untold yeah. number of kids that they influence, um, you know, and the impact that they have on these young people's lives as uh, you know, as a, as a, help them into manhood. As I often say, I think it's just uh, pretty incredible. So, so yep. anyway, coach, uh, I'm going to fire up a little music here to end things up. Uh, we got coming up, uh, what's coming up next. We got another legends. We got more keep people to talk to, don't we? Yeah, we've got uh, another legends. And then, uh, you and I got to talk about what we're going to do with the season. Because, Absolutely. Uh, coming up, uh, we have the, IFCA coaches poll oh, yeah. uh, is going to have the preseason, mm-hmm. and we're going to have the preseason poll. So yeah. uh, it'll be something to look for. Uh, we've got 60 coaches again, and um, you know, 10 in each class, and it'll be it'll be something that uh, we'll watch all all year long. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it'll be fun. So we want everyone, we know everyone's gearing up here. We're into the regular season now. We're heading into the first game is going to be on the 18th pretty much for everybody. So we wish everyone the best of luck and keep doing all the great things that you guys are doing out there for our kids and for our communities. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon.